So, Rob. Yes. I, as you notice, as it's right in front of you, we mm. have a new microphone. We do. Well, I do. Yes. I'm not letting you use this. Um, <laughs> that being by the by, you have to sit on the opposite side of the table rather than right next to me. Yes. And I got to say, Rob, mm-hmm. it feels like we're sharing a milkshake. <laughs> You lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 52 of Game Life Balance Australia. I am your charming host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by cult leader and self-proclaimed spiritual guru, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. So the irony of this is I don't have a soul, so I have to steal everyone else's. Oh, one of those soul-stealing cults. Uh, look, I wouldn't do it unless I was desperate. <laughs> by the way, mate... Can I borrow a soul? Oh, I've got a couple spares kicking around. Hey, wait a minute. What are you going to... What are you going to do? Put it in a little jar and shake it up a lot. Sure, all right, that sounds I've good. just got a bunch of, like... My cult is Cult of the Glowing Jar. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of jars behind me with, like, little glowing yellow things and I shake them up every now and again. Well, I like to imagine my soul looking like a Pac-Man ghost <laughs> in a jar. You know, like a little... <laughs> And every time, every time I take some steroids, your guy blinks blue. That's right. His eyes just get really like worried. Just really panicked. Um, <laughs> oh God, he's on it again. Yeah. He's gonna beat me up. Right, well, it's episode fifty-two, and we are both in the same country, in the same room, staring at each other in in each other's eyes. Yes, it is a longingly. Bit, it is a bit it's creepy. Different. It is different. <laughs> it is different. Yeah. So I went out and I treated myself today to a new microphone. Mm. Other than looking through magazines and trying to find out what the best audio standard was, mm-hmm. um, I got one at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Now, shut as, your face. As you do. <laughs> as you do. Uh, this one is actually the same brand that we were using before. Mm-hmm. We were using the Snowball before, which looks yeah. like a big snowball on a little tripod stand. Mm-hmm. You have the same kind. Yeah. This time I got a Blue Yeti. Yes. Which is slightly up the yes. echelon of microphones. It yeah. works a little little bit differently, but has still pretty good sound quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of streamers use it. Um, I was thinking of getting like a really good quality boom mic or something. Okay. The problem with that is that, number one, a boom mic would not suit us because we do the podcast in the same room. Yes. Number two, this has bi-directional, which means I'm on one side, you're on the other side. So we've changed positions. So you're facing me, I'm facing you. Yeah. Opposite sides of the table rather than being huddled around the uh, the snowball. People might not know that, but but for those who've been listening for a while, (laughs) you may not realize that we used to sit side by side recording the podcast. Um and uh, it it's uh, it was certainly an unusual way to do things, but it worked well for the mic we had. Yeah, for the mic, uh, and it sounded good on the mic as well. Yeah, like, that's like and the other the other reason I got this is that when you edit the podcast, mm. you like compress the shit out of it. Yeah, when you uh, <laughs> you know compressing the shit out of it is sort of a very strong word. <laughs> yes, I, compressor is very useful for podcasts because it levels out the volume. So even if one of you, let's say, has a very high pitched nasal girly voice. Uh, and the other person has more of a booming manly voice. That's certainly not me. Uh, then the compressor will kind of sort that out a bit. Which is uh, good. But we also shrink the size so it's more palatable to download and faster yeah. as well. Because yeah. Hells is kind of usually like 50 meg or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not too big. I've seen I've seen podcasts that, that release like a half hour episode and, and put it out as like a 100 meg MP3, which to me is like 
I don't think our show is worth that level of audio quality necessarily. I think. Also, we have to pay for like all the, yes. like you know, yes, the upkeep and uh, people downloading the podcast as well. Yeah, that's right. We're yeah. This is again getting a bit inside baseball, but uh, we pay for our podcast by the megabyte. So, um, how many megabytes we upload per month? Um, determines how much money it costs. So yeah, and how much uh, people download as well. Like if, mm. if all of a sudden we start getting hundreds and hundreds more yes. downloads of megabytes, that could be. We may have to go to some higher tier. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I never. We're pretty I, safe at the moment. Let's <laughs> just say that I, I'm not worrying about that for <laughs> for a little while. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing that some podcasts can get so popular mm. that people actually don't want people to listen as much because, like, it becomes really expensive to have like tens of thousands of downloads. Well, that's when you get onto the Patreon and you start doing ads and things like that. Yeah, which yeah. we've we've always avoided. Mm, but I tell you what, AC, this delicious Sapporo beer certainly I, does go down a treat. I do love that Sapporo, which is a city in Japan, mm, mm. and maybe their tourism board can pay me. Tastes delicious, and I'm sure it's healthy too. <laughs> I don't know what's in it, but I can't stop drinking it. That's right. Sapporo beer. <laughs> no, okay. So, we, speaking of beer and things being addictive and the city of Sapporo, that's not a good segue. Smooth. <laughs> smooth, AC. Smooth with a capital smooth. We are actually going to be talking about a classic Japanese arcade shooter. Yes. Vertical shooter of all things today mm-hmm. called Galaga. Galiga. Galaga. Galaga. <laughs> Pavarotti. So Galaga is actually the sequel to Galaxian. Yes. And Galaxian is a 1979 arcade game by uh, Namco. Yes. And it was meant to be a kind of a direct competitor to the then phenomenally successful, especially in Japan, Mm. uh, Space Invaders by Taito. Yeah, that's right. So Galaxian is basically, look, it would probably be unfair but accurate to call it a Space Invaders clone. It is a Space Invaders clone, yeah. Galaxian certainly is. Galaxian tried to, you know, beat Space Invaders by doing a few neat tricks. Uh, Like, for example, uh, the ships leave the little formation they're in and come and dive, kind of dive bomb at you. Yeah. um, Which sort of adds a bit of, um, you know, new element to the game. It was Uh, also in colour. Now, uh, Space Invaders didn't really need to be in colour. Mm. Um, what they did though is they had kind of uh, sheets of cellophane, like of uh, yellow, green, and red, right. I think, on Space Invaders. So even though it wasn't color, it looked like as the sh- as the uh, little invaders were moving down, it looks like they were switching colors into more angry uh, sort of territory. Sure. Okay. Um, and of course, Galaxian had a background that kind of blinked or shifted yeah slightly. like a star field basically and basically it made it, yeah. it made it look like you were traveling very fast through space yeah which um you know it was kind of a cool effect mm. i remember being very impressed by the star field um screensaver back you know, in <laughs> windows 90 you know, the original windows uh, windows 3.3.0 yeah, yeah so star fields were a big thing back then um even more so uh in 79 so yeah that was a pretty impressive game it was popular uh, but Galaga, which is the sequel to Galaxian, really took it a few steps further and was even more popular than than Galaxian. So yeah, definitely. And mm. it's important to note that Namco had a massive hit between Galaxian, Galaxian, and Galaga, which was Pac-Man. That's right. So seventy nine is Galaxian. 
Then Pac-Man comes out in 1980 and Mm -hmm. just takes the world by storm. Yep. And then they bring out Gallagher in 81. Uh, And uh, Gallagher iterated on the Galaxian formula in a couple of ways. It's very much a similar game. The ship looks better. The ship does look better. It looks a bit more cool. Yeah. A bit more Star Wars-y. I think the original... Galaxian ship looks a bit like the Starship Enterprise. It's it looks got, kind, of, it's kind of got a knob on top. Yes. It kind of looks like a penis with wings. Yes, it is very phallic. <laughs> that is true. You can't say the same thing for the Gallagher ship. No, no, it's kind of like a but cross between like an X-wing and like a, a Battlestar Galactica sort of arrangement. Yeah, so that it looks pretty cool. Um, one thing you notice straight away playing Gallagher is that the um, the enemies. So in so let's talk about Space Invaders for a second. Yep. Space Invaders is a big kind of like formation of UFOs that slowly descend on you. Yeah, creatures, the invaders who yeah. will get faster and faster as they go. Dirt, yeah. dirt, dirt, drop a level and then they'll keep. As you kill more of them, they will be progressively faster. Yeah. The difference between this, one of the differences is that in Space Invaders, they cleverly put in a shield yeah. that you could shoot through and they could shoot down on top of and partially destroy. Yeah, yeah. So there's no shield in Galaxian or Gallagher. No, uh, but the controls work a little bit better. You can't go up and down, yeah. but you can go left to right and the movement is a lot more fluid. Yeah, now with, with Gallagher, um, the enemies actually don't start in formation. They fly onto the screen mm. and spin around a bit and then they kind of like arrive at the top of the screen and form up into the kind of space invaders-y formation and then they start the whole the gradual progress yeah well, they don't actually move down mm. um what they do is well, that's right no they just kind of like shift around up there they, and- they kind of go back and forth a little bit but yeah. their version of like shifting down is they'll suddenly break formation and swoop down yes. on you so like some ha- kind of ag- angry magpie yeah so it's like that formation thing from space invaders is still there um, and it looks very threatening and impressive, but they break for, they come in and they, and they sort of form up and then they leave the formation as well. So it's much more dynamic. Uh, One of the great things about that original, like that, uh, first formation mm. is that instinctively you want to shoot that before they form. Yeah, yeah. And you can. Yes. And that's the brilliant thing about this is mm. that you can actually destroy a whole bunch of enemies, which look like insects. Yes. That's another weird thing about these games is in Galaxian and Gallagher, you're basically fighting giant space insects yeah. from the looks of it. They, they look like fireflies and bees and, and wasps and the like. And then there's just some sort of weird looking ones that just don't look like anything much. Yeah. Um, just weird. It's kind of alien-esque. Like a decapitated beetle head or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. To, it's really hard to describe what they look like. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun game. Mm. Uh, this one, you know, Gallagher, of course, improves a lot on its predecessor. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more fun. It's more approachable. Mm. Um, the sound effects, the original kind of intro music is is kind of fun and peppy yeah it does have this cool little bit of music which back then was notable like a lot of games had much in the way of music Mm. pac-man had a little bit yeah yeah pac-man yeah that's very that's very sort of iconic and i think they tried to make a similar sort of iconic little theme for gallagher too Mm. um yeah the other thing about gallagher is that um this is a big one um you can shoot twice see you can shoot two bullets at once and the there's two bullets on screen at any one time. The moment one of those bullets hits an enemy... You can shoot you again. You can shoot again. Yeah. Uh, with Galaxian, you could only shoot one at a time, similar with Space Invaders. Yeah, Space Invaders is a lot more limited because the bullets went a lot slower. Yeah. So with, with uh, Gallagher, it feels much more... Um, I'm trying to avoid the word dynamic. It, it's, it's a lot more kind of action-packed um, because... It as feels the, like yeah. you're getting more done. Yeah, they're swooping at you and they're shooting bullets at you and mm. you're shooting back. And if, you know, if you're hitting a lot... 
you can almost get kind of a machine gun kind of thing going only as much as you're hitting. Yeah. The moment you start missing, you can't really keep that up. But, and that's uh, what's interesting. When you get past a level, there is a hit ratio as yeah. well. It actually tells you how many hits connected. So, you know, ours was kind of like around the 48% mark. Yeah, so you embarrassingly hits. Yeah, a lot of wasted <laughs> ammo up in space. Um, but, so uh, yeah, that is pretty cool because you can compete not only on points, but on accuracy. So you can say to your friends, well, look, you know, I got 60% hits. What did you get? You know, so... Because uh, that was a big part of the arcade scene in the 80s. Was uh, It was all about points. It was all about beating your friends, leaderboards, all that kind of stuff. Was a really big part of... Yeah, there was no real end to this game. No, they were, they were meant to be beaten. You can you can kind of get to the end in the sense of, like, you can reach level 99 and things like that on a lot of these old arcade yeah. games. And then it'll sort of, like, flip over. Um, there's a lot to be said. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about Donkey Kong in that regard, which we won't go into now. No, but no. You can get to the end. podcasts than us have, have done that. <laughs> yeah, there are ways to get to the quote-unquote end of these games, but they're not really intended to be beaten. They're intended to take all your money away mm. from you. Um, there are their, you know, coin sucks, essentially. Take all your quarters and leave you bro- a broken man. But the thing about this one is that it feels like you're doing something straight from the start. It feels like you're being effective immediately. And yeah. I think that's what made it such a popular game. And you die pretty quickly in this game. Yes. There's one other clever mechanic, which I really like, is that your ship can be taken away. Yes. Sorry, I completely forgot to mention this. This is a huge, huge mechanic. Um, so one of one of the... the the Gallagher bosses of, well, you know, of the game can Mm. come down and it has like a tractor beam. Like it kind of has like a wave particle sort of effect, which tries to pull you in. Yeah. And then your ship goes red and you lose that ship and you effectively lose a life. If you're down to one life, you lose the game Mm. because your ship's been stolen. Yeah, yeah. But if you have another life... Yes. He comes onto the screen, and if you shoot that enemy, you can get your ship back. Yes. And you can have double the firepower, but of course you have double the hit space right. as well. Because suddenly you're controlling two ships. Yeah. Uh, the one that you rescued yeah. and the one that you're sort of playing as. So uh, It's also a danger to shoot your ship as well. That's right. Which is like you can shoot the enemy ship, and then you need to let your ship drop yeah. and connect with it. <laughs> because the, the, your, the captured ship sits directly behind the enemy that's captured it. Mm. So all it takes is one extra shot. Yeah. And you've blown up your own ship and lost a Which life. we did several times tonight. Yeah. So, but that is very fun and it, 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 it is quite different. It's it very... That, that mechanic in particular sets it apart quite dramatically mm. from, from Galaxian. Uh, it, yeah. was, it was a big arcade hit. I remember playing this like... It was kind of a cocktail cabinet... Mm. popular arcade when you were waiting for your pizza down at Theo's or something in Canberra. That's right, yeah. And they would have like a cocktail cabinet, which is like the flat one, mm-hmm. where you, while you're waiting for your pizza, you can play these arcade games. And then, you know, even by that stage, by the late 80s, they were quite old. Yeah, I think- But there was still a lot of fun to, not just to play, but to watch other people play as well. Because inevitably, as a, uh, you know, as an eight or nine-year-old, people, other people were better than you at these games. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's, it's probably- worth mentioning that we really were um this game came out when we were like you know one years old or less than one from one, one. yeah, yeah we, we, were we, 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 we were either unborn or we were one yeah um <laughs> so we really are not of the generation that played this game a lot we came to it uh, you know later on hmm. um but i think you and i are still a bit more in touch with the whole arcade scene from the 80s than, than kids who came after us Especially ones that are accessible like yeah. this, because some of the later ones, you know, like if you watch someone 
play Street Fighter and you go to verse them, mm. you get your ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But something like this, where it's just a one-player kind of... You can have two players, but of course, you don't play at the same time. It will switch yeah. between them. It's like you take turns. Yeah. Um, so that, that arcade kind of culture is a big part of the fun of, of these games. Is that, you know, you're all standing around the, the cabinet, watching each other play, commenting on how well the other person's doing, and then hopping in to have a go and try to show that you're better than the last person that played the game. And that... that kind of like environment um, is something that's really hard to recapture now. I think uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of almost like a spectator sport. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's a big part of the 80s arcade scene. Um, I thought I'd hit you with a bit of history as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played three different versions of this game. Yeah. We played it on my arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, the cab did not have um, the original... Uh, aspect ratio? Aspect ratio would be the correct way to put it. There were basically two aspect ratios for televisions. Mm. Portraits, which is straight up and down vertical, Mm. and horizontal, which is how you would watch a normal television. Now, most shooters of the time and most arcade games, including Donkey Kong, were actually in portrait mode. My uh, arcade machine basically doesn't have one, at least not as far as I know, Mm. and stretches it from side to side. So it wasn't... A perfect experience. No. Then we went to the Famicom version. Mm-hmm. Now, Famicom is interesting because when the Famicom launched, it only had Nintendo arcade games. And Nintendo had a big arcade history back then. Yeah, for sure. Which they don't talk about a lot now because they're mostly into home console games. Yeah, that's what they're known for. But but uh, back then, these were all arcade games. Like Donkey Kong, the original Mario Brothers. Yeah. Um, uh, Popeye was Popeye, another big yeah, one. Yeah, very popular. Very popular. Mm. Uh, And when the Famicom came out, it was getting popular, but they only had Nintendo games. One of the first third parties to sign on Mm. was Namco. Right. Or Namcot, as was on all their carts. Yeah, yeah. Namco plus technology or something like that. Okay. I thought maybe like a silent T, like a French thing. No, (laughs) no, definitely not. (laughs) Okay. So uh, Namco put out a lot of things. And this... They put out some of their arcade games, right. like Pac-Man, like, I think, Mappy yep. was one of them. <laughs> it's I, a great name for a game, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Mappy, Mappy, I don't like. Um, but <laughs> Namco friggin' loves that game. I don't understand why. I don't think it's great. Mm. Uh, but also Galaxian and... Galaxian. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I put that Q in there. <laughs> Galaxian and Galaga. Uh-huh. And they were very early. And they also helped build up the Famicom in the first two years. Sure. So these came out in 1984 after the Famicom launched. Mm-hmm. Helped popularize the Famicom. Why I say this is a bit of history is because, uh, especially in the States... Nintendo wanted exclusivity rights Mm. to any home port of their game and they were only allowed to manufacture a certain amount per year. Right. Namco thought that they were getting a really raw deal Mm. because they were there since the start and they helped to support Nintendo in the early years and build them up as this, like, juggernaut of, like, home console. Sure. And they said, oh, we refuse to sign this contract. We refuse to sign. And... They were laughed at and they very silently went and signed some of their 
contracts to Nintendo later on. Right. Yes, okay. kind of, you know, because they wanted to keep making money. Right, tail between their legs kind of thing. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And yeah. I think it is a bit unfair on Nintendo because Namco did have, give them a lot of support mm. in the early days, but that's just the kind of company Nintendo is. I've, I've heard a lot of stories about Nintendo playing hardball in the 80s yeah. um, and very much throwing their weight around um, in a way that uh, was not super friendly. No. Um, but hey, this is business at the end of the day. It's, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and they got their comeuppance. Com- <laughs> they got their comeuppance. Uh, during the 64-bit era, mm. when uh, a whole bunch of companies just left Nintendo and yeah. went to Sony. And like the uh, president, uh, Yamauchi... Mm. Came out and said, oh, RPGs are for, you know, freaking babies. Yeah. Something along those lines. Can you say something along the lines of Final Fantasy is is like Dragon Quest Lite? Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> something like that, AC, perhaps? <laughs> Look, I don't know who said that originally. I don't know who to attribute that quote to. <laughs> and AC Yoshimura. But basically, uh, he was quite pissed off yeah. at that stage because... Yeah. Uh, a lot of companies who were loyal to Nintendo mm. started w- going off and saying, we like these other companies because they give us better deals. Yeah. So it kind of bit them in the ass. And the more I play the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation 1, the mm. more I, I... Before, I just kind of disregarded the N64 other than the Nintendo games. Mm. But now it's falling to be like a very clear third place there. Like mm. I very re- I play the PS1. And especially the Sega Saturn a lot more. Yeah, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because these days Nintendo is very much known for its first-party games. And yeah. Having, and, and almost, you know, it's not too far to say that Nintendo systems live or die based on their, the quality of their first-party games. Exactly. But it's hard. It, you have to cast your mind back to the 80s with the, the NES and the Super NES, um, where the third-party lineup was a huge part of, of their appeal and their draw. I mean, the f- not to say that the first party games weren't good. I mean, they were very good. It's just that, you know, Nintendo wasn't just a first party um, developer in the, in the way that it is now. No, see, uh, Capcom and Konami especially gave people something different. They yeah. gave them something either more violent or more fun mm. or a different platforming experience or even a more difficult experience, especially in terms of Capcom's Mega Man series. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that contrast there. Yeah. yeah. So so that's a little bit of history for you. Um, would you recommend people play this game today? Oh, man, it is a straight-up classic, you know? Mm. It is a classic. It is. Like, we talk about classics a lot. But this is a certified stone cold, stone cold classic. Yeah, gold stamp, etc. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard for me not to say check it out. But look, with the caveat that look, the gameplay is just as fun as it was back in the day. Yep. But there have been a lot of other games <laughs> since then. This is eighty one, with thirty six years ago. Yeah. Thirty six years ago, um, and there's a lot of you know shooters, even vertical shooters. You know, same genre yeah. that are much more complicated, much more interesting games. This is a very simple game, you know, by today's standards. Um, and the other thing is that without that, without that arcade scene, that kind of like intangible vibe of that being high school, you know, yeah, kind of wanting. Yeah, that sort of you're standing around in a noisy arcade. Everyone's got tight jeans on. They're all, you know, <laughs> they've got their like trucker caps and their, you know, Transformers t-shirts, and we're all talking about who's going to get the next high score. That without that vibe, you have to just judge the game based on purely on its merits, and it is a fairly simple game. Yeah. But that being said, it is a classic, and if you want to be someone who is an authority on games, etc., then you probably ought to 
check this game out because it is, you know, a very important game. Um, but don't expect to be glued to your TV, unable to put the controller down mm. because it's, it's not that level of fun anymore. Um, you know, the times of Times they have changed, AC. They have indeed. Yeah. So what about you, AC? Where do you, where do you land on this one? Look, this is interesting. As you say, it is a Stone Cold classic. Mm. Um, it doesn't prove on both the Space Invaders formula and the Galaxian formula. Mm. Uh, as I was saying before, we played this on the arcade. It wasn't quite right. We played this on the Famicom mm. and then the ROM burnt out halfway through. <laughs> the, the ROM on the Famicom game, because this once again is from 1984, so it's very, very old, mm. Mm. may have actually burnt out. I've never done that to a ROM before, <laughs> but I can't get it up and running again. Yeah. No big loss because I have the PS1 Namco Museum mm-hmm. of that. Uh, this is on volume one. Mm-hmm. Now, when we were playing that, that is almost a perfect arcade experience because we had RGB connectors to my big Sony Trinitron mm. and we must have played that for about 20 minutes. Yeah. A uh, lot longer than we played the other ones for. Definitely. And it did feel very accurate. It was yeah. very close, and it had, or it was, the vertical experience with the lives and score off to one side. Yeah, that's how they achieved that portrait look, is by having the scores and different information. On yeah, one the side. HUD stuff was basically off to the right. Yeah, uh, and I loved playing that version. Mm. And look, I'm not saying that you have to play this, mm. but as an early arcade game, this is one of the better experiences you're going to get. Mm. So I would recommend that you play it. I would recommend you play it for about 20 minutes and experience all the different kind of gameplay mechanics. Yeah, and especially if you've played Space Invaders, it is good to contrast it with this and see... Mm, Definitely. See how much, you know, in a space of a couple of years, how much further games had come. I didn't even consider playing this game for the featured game until today when we were kind of actually stuck at a bit of a dead end because our original game we wanted to play didn't mm. quite work out. Yeah, we knew we wanted to play a shooter from the uh, from the eighties. Yeah, um, and we landed on Galaga because it's just such noteworthy. It is, uh, and I had so much fun playing it. I yeah. really did, and we we just kept playing it, which was probably a bad idea because it's actually ten o'clock at night now. Yeah, we probably <laughs> need to wrap this up. But so there's a uh, recommendation from both of us there with yeah. the caveats around the age of it and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It is a it's a classic arcade. Yeah. <laughs> So, Rob, it's been two weeks. What have you been up to? Right. Well, I've punched three kangaroos in the head uh-huh. and I've camped in many a desert environment. <laughs> Oases. That is still the most uh, surprising <laughs> thing I think you've ever said on the podcast. I like, look, I'm I'm trying to, uh, yeah, I'm examining my life a lot, as you do when you're going through a bit of a crisis. Mm. Um and doing more of the things that I keep putting off is definitely one of them. And I've wanted to do that for a long time. And I, I think I'll do it more going out and just being with the stars. Um, it's, it's a good thing to do. Haven't done that in the last couple of weeks. I don't okay. actually have a lot to report. I've been just sort of plugging away at the huge, you know. Um, have you been playing many games? Like, have I, you got, got look, something away? Mm, no, it's more I've just been slowly progressing. I played. I've been playing a fair bit more of... Uh, oh God, I forgot the name of the game. D- Robot Dinosaurs game. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn. Thank you. It's I the, gave that game. It, it to is you. a super. You know what I mean? That's a super generic. It is. It is very generic. Name, actually. The name of the game is very like this is a two thousand and eight and seventeen video game. It, at least it doesn't have like a, col- a semicolon or a colon in it. You know, like 
Horizon Zero Dawn colon New Retreat or something like yeah. that. Um, the first dinosaur robot reckoning was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is a a good game. I'm enjoying it. The more I play it, the more I'm enjoying it. It's weird though because when I put it down, um, I, I'm not inspired to pick it up again. But when That's... I but when I turn it on, I really enjoy it. So there's a certain amount of inertia. Yeah, sort of. Kind I, of connected to it. It may be that I'm just thinking a lot of other things because I do have um you have my, a lot going on yeah I have my next set of exams coming up um for the astrology thing and also I'm a parent and um started <laughs> doing um I'm spending a month at work working with a different team oh really which is actually really good working out really well um, so are you in a different area are you doing something no, different well no it's it's tangential it's to the side of what I'm doing oh, okay um, I don't want to get into too many details obviously we can't. but um look I'm working with um my supervisor now for the month is um, she was my supervisor when I first joined the organization. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of nice because it's sort of like that familiar old relationship. Oh, yeah. Um, we get along quite well. So that's that's been quite good, actually. A nice change of pace. You know, they say a change is as good as a holiday. So hmm. I've been enjoying work a bit more, I think, just because it's different, you know. Oh, that's really good. Uh, yeah. And uh, other than that, just stressing about out about the exams and reading, doing a lot of reading. Um, studying up, reading old past essays because the FAA publishes old essays from previous years to give you an idea of what they're looking for and stuff. So, um, just yeah, a lot of a lot of prep work basically. Um, I will talk very briefly about some of the stuff I got up to today with my daughter. Yeah, because she's just a little ball of energy at the moment, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's just like bouncing off the walls. Man, it's really interesting that this age. Her um, her learning has just gone into overdrive. So um, that part of her brain that absorbs knowledge and then applies it is, you know, really kicking off now. Um, she, so she's over two years old now. Yeah, and she's she learns every every time I see her. She's she seems different. You know, she's yeah. like learned a bunch of new things. She's having proper conversations. I mean, and they're getting more complex. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, like it's just it's just yeah, it's hard to express. But you will you will experience this too in due course. Oh, I'm sure I will. Uh, Has she had any of what you'd call the terrible twos yet? Has mm, she a couple of tantrums thrown in there, or has she kind of been pretty sort stable? Of. She's sort of more tetchy, I would say now. <laughs> like, like she's quite particular about things. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where she gets that from. Um, <laughs> like, for example, uh, I took the she had she has a little bow in her hair, and it's really just a clip-on bow. It's basically like a little clip. Yeah, that has a bow glued onto it. Yeah. Um, and she loves it. And uh, today when I put it to bed, I took, the, took the, the bow out of her hair and she just lost it. You know, really yeah. just crying her head off. Ended up just putting it back in her hair. I was like, yeah, you're probably going to like roll around and like hurt yourself with this thing in your hair overnight. But like, whatever. I suppose it's uh, like, it, I, <clears throat> I guess stuff like that kind of is starting to form part of their identity. Yeah. Yeah. She's, and she's starting to really assert herself. So, yes, she identifies with that bow. She really likes it. And then when you try to take it off, she defends herself. You know, she like really stands up for. No, I want, I want this. Yeah, um, which is cool, um, but also a bit challenging because when they're a baby, you can kind of just do whatever to them, and they just lie there. You know, yeah. you just take, you just put clothes on and off them, and just you know whatever. They don't care. These days, like Ruby will say, like I'll say to her, okay, take your shoes off. You know, we're inside the house. Take your shoes off. So you go, okay, pop, sit down on the bum, and start taking them off. If you help her at the wrong time, she gets upset. Ah. But then eventually she'll get frustrated because she can't do it. And then she'll ask for your help. Ah. And then if you don't help her, she gets upset. So you have to help her at precisely the right time when it's, she's... It's almost like a video game. It's yeah. like a quick time event. Yeah. You've got to go press X. Now. It's really, really interesting. So today we went to 
We went to a little tourist trap that you would know, AC. It's called Gold Creek Village. Oh, um, God. You didn't go to Cockington Green, No, we did went you? to somewhere even better, AC. We went to the uh, Australian Dinosaur Museum. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Goodbye. There are no dinosaurs at the Dinosaur Museum. <laughs> there are a lot of plastic statues of dinosaurs. Look, here's the thing about the Australian Dinosaur Museum. The perfect time to take a child to that place yeah. is when they're too young to realise how bad it is. <laughs> And that is that is my daughter. So she enjoyed it. Yeah. I spent a lot of time walking around sort of silently, inwardly feeling sorry for the people who work there. And do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, have you been there? I when there were, I, when, the last time I went there, which may have been like the late 90s, early 2000s when it when it first opened. Mm. They had a lot of plastic dinosaurs. They had some dinosaurs out the front that yes. were continually getting stolen. Yes. Um, and I think they're bolted down now. <laughs> The, the biggest claim to fame was that they had the shin bone of some dinosaur. And yeah. that's the only dinosaur they had. The only part of a dinosaur was some shin bone behind they do. three layers of glass. They actually do have a lot of fossils. Mm. Okay. Uh, but look, the thing is, I mean, what this, when we say it's a museum, I, I don't want to be too disparaging because we, I did enjoy it. And I did enjoy seeing Ruby enjoy it. Yeah. But like, to be clear, it's really like a large house. It's like, imagine, imagine if someone had a very, like a wealthy person- had a two-story house. Not a mansion, but like a big two-story house. Yeah. And decided to convert that two-story house into a museum. It's essentially, <laughs> essentially what it's like. Because it's not big. Yeah. All of it, all of the actual museum part is on the second floor. Um, and there's some, let's say, less than convincing animated dinosaurs, like robot dinosaurs. Oh, right. Yeah, They yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, like move about. But they kind of like vibrate a lot. And the parts that aren't that shouldn't move move a lot, <laughs> like you know, because like jiggly, it's, jiggly. its head will turn, but then the rest of it will kind of wobble around. It's 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 not very good. Um, but they and then thinking, you know, I dinosaurs are mammals. Effort. Why does that one have breasts? That's a for effort, I will say. <laughs> uh, but my kid, I, I I suspected that she would see a giant statue of a dinosaur mm-hmm. and freak out and love it. Yeah. and I was correct. Excellent. That's so, what you want. That so, you want to get him started on the dinosaurs early. Yeah, and you know, I think there's something to be said for just introducing like boys and girls to mind expanding things like dinosaurs and science and stuff. And like LSD. That. Yeah. Yes, yes, I want to that's next week. <laughs> That's Can right. you imagine yeah. a toddler on LSD? I imagine it's probably not that different to <laughs> I don't think it would be. A little more scared, perhaps. But uh, look, yeah, she had a great time. She was scared of the robot dinosaurs, of course, because they had this sort of little, like, you know, they make roaring sounds and stuff as well. Which oh, yeah, wasn't that into. can be a little bit intimidating, especially if you don't know what a giant, mm. you know, motherfucking lizard is like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, look, yes. I think she'd seen them in books. She knew what dinosaurs were. Okay, that's cool. From books and TV and things. Um, and she has toys of dinosaurs and things, so I thought mm. this would be really fun for her. Um, but the part she really enjoyed um, was the the kids section, you know, like the, kind of like the playground area. Oh, yeah, the a interactive of, section, yes, yeah. a lot of museums have these sort of areas where it's sort of like a whole bunch of like play equipment that's vaguely themed after whatever the museum's about you know so there were for example there were big giant like eggs that with like pieces missing from them and the kid can go in there and like pop out and like stick their head out of the egg and stuff like that and she loved all that and there was another little boy about about ruby's age that was running around and they just ran around together like like idiots laughing their heads off like like the boy was chasing her around and like then and she was just like laughing so hard it was really cute and i got to experience that magical thing that parents do of just 
I can just sit down and just watch. I don't, I don't actually even have to parent right now. I don't. Yeah. There's no interaction involved. <laughs> just sit down and, like, you know, you see parents at the park doing that a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. Take the kids to the park, unleash them from the stroller, and then just sit down and look at their phone. <laughs> I wasn't quite that bad. I was keeping an eye on her, but it yeah. was nice to just sit down and, and, and take a, a breather. Um, she did leave the museum. We went to the gift shop, of course. Of course. And she left with some some fairly cheap plasticky dinosaurs that she's enjoying. You know, little sort of hey, army men type you know, things. Yeah. You know, like they're not. You can't reticulate them or anything. They're just a lump of plastic. Um, she liked that, and also a little golden book about dinosaurs. See, so, anything yeah. that makes your daughter <clears throat> more like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, I'm all for. <laughs> well, I just, I really, it's really weird. Uh, and my uh, my wife can speak to this more because she works in a science themed retail shop. Yeah, um, there is even in 2018, you know the uh, the enlightened utopia of 2018. Um, there are plenty of people who still think that dinosaurs are for boys, you know, and and that fairies and princesses are for girls. That's a bit odd, uh, and I think that's a real shame. Yeah. Um, so well, the giant goddamn lizards. Every child should experience right? this. Like I think, I think of dinosaurs in the same way I think of pizza. It's like every kid would love this. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not a gender thing. You know what I mean? No, no. Um, they're, they're, they're giant. Yeah. You know, like I, I can't describe what a dinosaur is because I've never yeah. seen one. Mm. But from the fossils and the movies and all of this stuff, mm. like if if there were no fossil records and you said I went back in time and I saw these giant lizards. Mm. Basically, you know, stomping about the earth and eating other giant lizards. Yeah. People would call you nuts. Yeah, but of course, we have all of this evidence to yeah. say that this is what's happened. This is what actually was there on prehistoric earth. Mm. And it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, I think everyone everyone ought to be super excited about dinosaurs. <laughs> um, so I really, I really thought that was a good way to spend the day. Um, she quite enjoyed that. Was completely exhausted for the rest of the day after that because it was very overwhelming. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, highly recommend taking kids to the, the Australian Dinosaur Museum <laughs> when they're too young to realise how crappy it is. If you happen to be in Canberra. Because it is, it is like, you know, like I, I, I hate to cast aspersions, but it's not. It's, it's not great. not good. It feels like if you and I just decided to make a museum and, you know, invested a lot of our own money in it, that's kind of how it feels. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of museum would you and I make? There's a lot of stuff in there that looks like it probably isn't. It's probably not worth. Look, there's a lot of stuff that looks like a toy that they put behind glass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like perfect. It's like perfect. It's like this. That shouldn't be in a museum. Like this is the opposite of Indiana Jones. That doesn't belong in a museum. <laughs> we, we should go there with you a know? bunch of whips and a bunch of fedoras and start whipping balls. Going that shouldn't be in a museum. <laughs> that should not be in a museum. <laughs> Yeah, so that was the Dinosaur Museum. Um, yeah, a bit of fun. Uh, but the kid loved it. I got a bunch of photos. So. That's that's nice. I yeah. want to see some of these photos later on. I'll show you them after the show. Mm. Um, yeah, AC, you, you've been back in the beautiful land of Australia for, um, well, how long? About seven days now? Yeah, it's been almost... It's been a little less than a week. Mm. Uh, I came back on Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday. Yeah. I'd replace beautiful with fucking hot. Yes. It is very Australia hot. Australia is... Like, I'm used to heat because I'm an Australian. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of funny to imagine that when we were young, mm. like, anything from 23 degrees to, like, 28 degrees mm. was considered okay. Yeah. And definitely swimming weather. Mm-hmm. And twenty nine thirty was really really hot. Yeah, now yeah. thanks to global warming, 
Uh-huh. Where in 2018, yeah. 34 degree days are pretty common. Yes. And I think, ooh, 25 degrees, I wouldn't go swimming in that. Should we convert that for our American friends? Ah, oh, if you want. I'll, uh... Uh, and let me just do this. 30 degrees is kind of, or 29 degrees, I'd say. Yeah, I'd probably go swimming if the sun was directly hitting the water. But the problem is, as an Australian, is that I can't handle humidity so well. And it's actually been quite humid since I've been back. So, like, heat, fine. I can go out and heat. I don't sweat a whole lot now that I've lost a bit of weight. But the humidity... Mm. Oh, when it actually gets humid in this place, it's yeah. usually dry. It's like, that's when I feel it. And I go, oh, I feel sticky and yucky. And oh, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, it is. It's pretty brutal. I've noticed that too. It seems to be getting hotter and hotter. Like, you know, over 30 days seems they to be very common now. seem to be kind of the majority of yeah. a lot at the moment. And I don't like it. I'm not. No. A, I hate, <laughs> there are some scarily strange people out there that enjoy hot days. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, they're welcome to it. I'm going to say 30-degree days are okay. I'm going to say 34, 35-degree days are getting less okay. Because in 10, 20 years, we're going to be thinking 40 degrees is the norm. (laughs) And that is hot. Yeah. That is really hot. Uh, For our our, um, friends who don't use the metric system, um, 35 degrees Celsius is 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So what what we're saying is that it is very common... Three months out of the out of the year for it to be about thirty five about ninety five degrees Fahrenheit. It's a bit hot every day. Yeah, it, it uh, gets a bit steamy. It's like, not pleasant. especially if it's humidity. Yeah, um, if there's a lot of humidity. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's hot here, but you know I've been staying inside. Uh, I've been back to work, and that is work. It's I can't like neither of us can really talk about our jobs. It's very frustrating because there are some things that you don't probably know about. That are very relevant to this podcast that I'd love to talk about. Yes, but unfortunately, precisely, we're not allowed to make comments, and it's mm. part of it's. It's such a shame because, like, we're game life balance. Yes, you know? not not work life balance, but still, there are things that we would love to talk about, comment on, make fun of, but because of our jobs and the sensitivity uh, therein, it's a, we, it's a better safe than sorry thing. Like, we really probably is. could talk about them. Yeah, but there's so much of a grey area around this stuff that it's better to just not bother. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's very true. And I'm I'm like trying to level up my skills as well and I've I've got some stuff to do. Mm. Which is both good and you know, a little little uh I'm not going to say daunting because mm. I can handle it. It's just that there are certain sections of what I need to do which I'm just kind of very blah yeah. about. Yeah, sure. Um that's- but it's okay. And it's more of a bureaucratic thing rather than an effort thing. It's not really to do with effort. It's just to do with the bureaucracy of working for, you know, being a public servant, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, that being said, I do like my job. I do appreciate the fact that I have this job. Yeah. Um me too. <laughs> it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, it, it, I've been back and forth from Japan so much that my brain is still kind of jumbled and quite messy. Yeah. I don't think I've had a, an opportunity to absorb everything that's happened. And yeah. I don't really want to for the time being. Sure. Because, you know, my course of breakdown. Yeah. Uh, having a breakdown while you're by yourself at home is probably not the best thing. Yeah, best to wait till your, your wife gets home. Oh, well, she probably deserves a break 
lockdown a lot more than I do, considering <laughs> that it's her parents. Well, she can go first. She can have a breakdown first. Then you can heal her back up to good, and then you can have a breakdown. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I think breakdown is off the agenda. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's just drink away your sorrows and play a bunch of dumb video games. That's <laughs> exactly what I've been doing. Speaking of video games. Yeah, so I got back. Um, I watched some movies and stuff, and I've been trying to keep myself busy, been cleaning the house a lot. But I did get some games. Um, uh, one of those games was YY World 2, or YY World 2 for the Famicom by mm. Konami. Interesting. It's kind of like a, a parody sort of video game, almost in the same vein as Parodius, which is uh, also a Konami job. Okay. Uh, but it's a platformer rather than a shooter. Hmm. For the most part, until it becomes a shooter. <laughs> but basically, they're chibi versions of popular Konami characters. So, Simon Belmont from oh, wow. uh, Castlevania 3. Yeah. The Baby from uh, Famicom Disk System game, which was only released in Japan. Okay. The Samurai uh, from also a game which was only released in Japan, which you and I have played. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and some and a Goemon, the ninja, yep, mystical ninja, mystical Goemon. ninja Go- Goemon. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, he's in there as well. So you play this as the chibi version of like an auto scroll kind of platforming thing, and then it actually turns into a shooter, and then it turns into a platformer uh, again, and you can switch between all these three characters. Oh wow! Okay. Somewhat randomly, depending on what's going on on the screen at the time. Wow. Uh, the baby, like, who doesn't have a projectile seems like, oh, damn it, I'm the baby. But, like, uh-huh. like the 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 bottle which he knocks <laughs> enemies with is actually really powerful. I was going to ask, is it a rattle or a bottle? It's a bottle, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I've really been enjoying that game. YY World 1 is passable. Okay. It is kind of that 80s kind of chic of not quite refined. But this is a later Famicom game, which mm. I've been after for a little while, which is much more refined. And I might stream it. I'm actually thinking of streaming it on um, the on the Game Life Balance mm. uh, uh, Twitch stream. Sure. Uh, which we, we all have access to, along with the Americans, I should add. Like, we've been given access, all of us. Mm. Uh, so we can do that anytime we want. And I've been kind of tempted to do that because i think it's a very noteworthy funny sort of game yeah uh the other game i wanted to mention that i've been digging into a little bit is something i showed you today which is gungrave yeah that game's an interesting game yeah it? what did you did you have any first impressions of that oh, should i try and describe this game you are a big anime man with guns yep and you have an even bigger gun on your back yep or something or a sword or a gun sword or something yep and you walk down corridors and shoot the crap out of people and they all fall around everywhere dying and explosions happen and it's very cool looking. And that's all you really need to say about the game. Yes. It's, it's a very arcadey sort of shooter, mm. uh, third person shooter. Uh, the character designs are by the same guy who did Trigun. Yeah. So it's, it's got a very unique cell shaded look to it. Yes, the cell shading is quite cool. Uh, mm. I just I love the action. The controller is constantly vibrating as you shoot people. Yeah, it's like a melee attack where he swings about the uh, the massive kind of it's holster like a, on his back. It's like a holster thing, isn't it? He's got yeah. a big missile launcher too, which is great. This guy's kind of a. If you've ever seen Trigun, he's kind of a combination of Vash, mm-hmm. uh, the humanoid typhoon, and uh, Nicholas Wolfwood, mm. 
the guy with like the big cross with lots of guns yeah, in it. I remember the gun cross guy. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like a com- <laughs> combination of those two guys. God, I remember why I like that anime so much. Yeah. <laughs> You're reminding me of how cool that Trigun is. Trigun is an awesome anime. If you yeah. haven't watched it, put put it put in the effort and, and give it a give it a viewing. It's a good one. Uh, so I've been enjoying that. Uh, just because this and I will say this, like you don't need to know Japanese to play this game. It is a PS2 game. And it is a Japan exclusive. It is Japan exclusive. So yeah. you might need to do something to your PS2 if you want to play it. But it is a lot of fun. Take it to a guy who might live on the wrong side of the tracks. Maybe, oh, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so much fun. I mm. just love Gungrave. Yeah. Um, so I also was gifted Goat Simulator. Yes. From Cody. Yes. For Christmas. Uh, host of Game Life Balance US. Uh, I played that for about an hour last night. I got to say, you get the measure of that game very quickly, (laughs) but that doesn't stop it from being fun. There Mm. are kind of three different areas. You're a goat. You can... There's a lot of ragdoll physics involved. Yes. You can lick things and they pull you along. You can charge at people. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of different weird achievements and stuff, but it's... You're a goat. It's kind of like Tony Hawk plus GTA plus a goat. Yeah. Yeah, the GTA with no missions. You just kind of hang around and you can do goat stuff. And I had a lot of fun. Like, uh, I explored the areas and I was just, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out, being a goat. And, you know, of course, the first thing I did was attack people because that's just the kind of guy that I am. (laughs) That game makes goats seem way more dangerous than they really are. (laughs) I think goats are dangerous to a certain extent. (laughs) They probably could do a bit of damage. But this goat in particular is... Is, is quite dangerous. I was thinking of doing it as a featured game, maybe, but whether it's a game or not, or a simulation, is up for debate. But I, I, I'd like you to have a go and yeah, look, I've seen see a, what you say. I've seen a lot of videos of the game, which yeah. I really, I kind of got the measure of it. But it would be fun to you know get hands on. One of the uh, things, one of the little stories I will share with you mm. is that um, there's this goat riding or like bull riding thing, and I crashed into it. <laughs> Because, you know, you can headbutt things as a goat and pressing one goes, which you keep pressing and then it gets old pretty quickly. (laughs) But this guy got stuck on my back. Right. And I think it's intentional, but it's ragdoll physics. So he's kind of just like flailing behind me as I crash into things. (laughs) And it was just like... It's like corpse. Basically, he's on my back. And after a while, I was thinking, is this intentional or is this like a glitch Mm. because i can't get him off (laughs) and he's staying on there the only way to get him off was to go to a different area and i still don't know if it was a glitch or intentional but knowing the theme of the game i'm gonna say it was intentional yeah because it doesn't seem to do much other than flail on your back from looking at that game from what i've seen a lot of it looks like semi-broken like very very janky but, yeah, there's a lot of jank, but, but probably like they probably saw how janky it was. It was like, nah, I'll leave it like that. Yeah, That's you cool. don't you don't want a full on goat simulator. That's not no. fun. You want to you want a half jank goat simulator. Yeah, you don't want to be like you know I don't know chewing apples or something all day. Like, no, like, no, no, no. You want to be like ramming cars and licking trucks and I don't know pooing on people and stuff like that. Can I you poo in that game? No, I don't think so. If right. there is, I didn't explore that yeah, particular area. Crass. That's a bit too crass for goat. Yeah, simulator. it's more of a hybrid art product. You know. we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at the fact that uh, Goat Simulator is a highbrow product. Uh, May is doing quite well. Uh, she's also a little ball of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she watches television is hilarious mm-hmm. because she's sight impaired mm. uh, and all she sees is kind of colours. Okay. She puts herself right up to the television oh, set during like uh, some of her 
her favorite NHK, which is like ABC programming in uh-huh. Japan. Uh-huh. And all the colors pop left and right. So she sees something in front of her eyes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she can't make out the detail, but the, the singing kind of matches the, the popping of the colors yeah. to a certain extent. Uh, she's got a favorite song, which she watches twice a day because they repeat the same thing twice mm-hmm. a day. So they're like, dung, duck a dung, duck a dung, 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 kind of thing. And she yeah. kind of wants to stay glued to the television set, almost <laughs> literally, oh. and kind of dances up and down in the same spot. Sweetie. <laughs> My heart warms to the fact that, the fact, despite the fact that she is sight impaired, she loves television to a certain mm-hmm, extent. Because mm-hmm. I... It's genetic. <laughs> it is. I just. It just is. No matter. Even even if she was completely blind, I'd like to think that she'd still like television. You do watch a lot more TV than me. I will say you're more of a TV guy. I watch visual things. I'm a very visual focused yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, like I don't watch TV. TV like broadcast television no. anymore. But I do watch a lot of like YouTube and Giant Bomb and stuff like that. Mm. Mm. Uh, and she loves a a particular character in japan which is meant for like younger children called anpan man okay uh, anpan anpan is like a like a bean paste sort of bun uh like uh, a pun means bread basically okay anpan man is kind of like what you and i would call the magic pudding Okay, right. So, you know, you can eat bits of this guy and they kind of regenerate immediately. And he's like super powered and wears a cape and he goes, unpunch when he punches something. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like a a little chibi superhero sort of guy. (laughs) And because his features are so basic, uh, May can identify them very easily. So it's like a big brown circle with like eyes and like kind of rosy red cheeks and a dot for like a big red nose sort of thing so right. you say dare which is who and she'll go anpanman and she has like anpanman t-shirts and anpanman coloring books <laughs> and like anpanman like re- story books and stuff it's a whole thing it's a thing where she'll just identify go anpanman anpanman <laughs> and the uh the the bad guy is called is like black and purple and he's a virus called Baking Man. Okay. And she can now s- identify him as well, which is really positive wow. for her visual development. So yeah, she'll yeah. go Baking Man, but then she'll go Anpan Man. <laughs> so she kind of like was really obsessed with Anpan Man okay. to the point where she has Anpan Man socks <laughs> and an Anpan Man shirt, which yeah. she likes to wear every day. So she's already saying Anpan Man, Anpan Man. She wants to wear the shirt every day. Oh, gosh. Which is very cute, except that you need to wash this thing at yeah. some point because she's a toddler. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so every time I see her, she'll go, Daddy, Daddy. Switch. Unpan man. Unpan man. She'll point to her shirt. Uh, so it's adorable. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how long she stays in that phase for. Sure. Yeah. Well, she's starting to sort of like switch on to things and sort of, you know, like, what's the word? Like latch on to ideas and concepts and stuff. Yeah. 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 And we're cool. encouraging that, it's fair mm. to say. Yeah. Uh, so lastly, you have a quiz for me dun 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 i do let's quizzy whiz whiz as you so like to say okay ac uh i have prepared a quiz for you uh-huh. uh one of your favorite quizzes i think you'll agree it's a little quiz we like to call simpsons or sim city ah yes actually i this has tested my video game knowledge to the limits yeah which came first the simpsons or sim city yes. um there's even some debate about that Yes, we mostly could. by me. <laughs> it depends on how, what you qualify as the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for the purpose of of, of this quiz, uh, basically the idea is I'm going to read out a historical event of some sort, 
Um, then I will read out the name of a game, and you will tell me which came first. Okay. The event or the game. Now, there's a bit of a twist on this one. Okay. As usual with these mm-hmm. quizzes. This is what I have called... The catchy name I've given this... Okay. ...is the 80s arcade slash Ronald Reagan edition. Oh, goody. I right. love that guy. So, yeah. which... So, I also temp- I was also tempted to call it Ronald Reagan or Rally X, because that was the only <laughs> video game from the 80s. Only arcade game from the 80s that started with an R. Okay. But it doesn't really work. No, but no, it doesn't. Simpsons or SimCity yeah. is, is, is a good name. We should stick with that. President Ronnie has been kidnapped by ninjas. Yes, yeah, that does happen to him a lot. <laughs> Especially uh, in the 8-bit era. All right, so are you a bad enough dude? We'll find out with 10 questions. Question number one. Which came first? President Ronnie's inauguration mm-hmm. or Centipede? Centipede. Correct. Centipede. 1980. Yep. And Ronnie's inauguration was 81. 81. So yep. there you go. Question number two The astrology scandal that rocked President Ronnie's pres- uh, presidency or Gauntlet? Astrology? Yes. It's fascinating. He. It came out. So a ch- former chief of staff that got sacked um, or quit, I can't remember which, wrote a tell all sort of book. As you do. Um, As you would. Um, which basically exposed the fact that Nancy Reagan and to a lesser extent, Ronald Reagan, yeah. were frequently getting advice from an astrologer about all sorts of things. And they would literally time events and different things that they would, you know, different like kind of announcements and things based on the advice of an astrologer who lived in L.A. You'd think that like all of these Christians who loved Ronald Reagan yeah. would have something against the fact that he was taking yeah they managed to exp- spiritual advice from someone other than a Christian. <laughs> they explained it away by saying that it was Nancy was uh, um, responding to a lot of fear after Ronald Reagan was there was an assassination attempt. That's right, I remember he survived. Yeah, and apparently, you know, her excuse was that she went to an astrologer after that because she was just worried for her husband and wanted to know what would happen to him. Um, but so it, Gauntlet the, was the yeah Gauntlet or the astrology scandal? No, I'm going to say Gauntlet. Gauntlet eighty five. Yeah, astrology scandal was eighty eight. So you were correct. Oh wow! That's for okay. You. So it's a very interesting, weird thing that came out um, about that. I did not know the Reagans. Yeah, but they're for, like actors and stuff, like being weird people who visit astrologers and stuff. It comes with that LA. Yeah, kinda. yeah. I guess it does. Um, Were you that astrologer? <laughs> Were you that time traveling astrologer? The name of the astrologer was Joan Quigley, and if you want, you can read up about her on Wikipedia. It's very interesting. Okay, um, just that weird, weird thing about the Ronald Reagan. Anyway, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, question question number three. Which came first, the Iran Contra affair, yeah, or Spy Hunter? Uh, I'm going to say Contra. The Iran Contra affair began in 1985. Yep. Spy Hunter 83. Oh wow! 83. Okay, I actually had a feeling that may have been the case. Yeah, but I just wasn't. Well, it was a bit of conjecture, but um, the the first shipment of missiles to Iran <laughs> happened in 1985. <laughs> Yeah, good old Ronald Reagan sending yeah. missiles to Iran. Yeah, we've all, done, we've all made that mistake. Look, look, no president is going to have a clean record, are they? Uh, <laughs> question number four, AC. Yep. Uh, which came first, the Black Monday stock market crash mm-hmm. or Golden Axe? Uh, stock market crash. Correct. 87 for the stock market crash. Yep. Golden Axe was 89. Yep. Okay. I knew that uh, at the very least, mm. I knew that. Mm. that um, Golden Axe was 89. Yeah, there you go. Question number five. Nancy Reagan's 
very effective just say no campaign or Gallagher. Uh, I am going to say that Gallagher came first. Correct. Correct. Gallagher 81, as we all know from listening to this yep. very podcast, uh, the Just Say No campaign 82. Wow. That, that yeah. soon. I thought it yeah. was like 84. Pretty quick after the, uh, the presidency kicked off, um, she started this Just Say No campaign. Apparently started when she was at a school. Some kid asked her, what do I do if someone offers me drugs? And her clever response was just say no. Oh, wow. Words Which is of, better, than, better than the Canberra High response was yeah. that hook it up to my veins. Yes, yeah. buy it and then sell it on for double the profit. Oh, <laughs> Usually the teachers did that. Sell it to a younger kid. Um, question number six. <laughs> question number six, AC. Okay. The announcement of the Strategic Defense Initiative, a.k.a. Star, Star Wars, Wars yep. or Dig Dug. Dig Dug. Dig Dug 82, Star yep. Wars 83. Points for you, AC. That one I am... Yeah, I, I... It was one of those... Star Wars is one of those funny things that when Star Wars pop was popular again in the 90s, mm. Mm. not to say that it ever lost a huge amount of popularity, but with uh, with the re-release of the original trilogy, yeah, uh, I remember looking up Star Wars on, like, the, the Microsoft... Uh, encyclopedia. Oh, and the what only was it called? Encarta or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. only mention of Star Wars was the Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> not the movie. The, like, not yeah. talking about frivolous movies. No, yeah, no, no, no. talking no. about this very important... Um, Which the movie seems to be more important now, regardless. Yeah, like, I'd say so. The defense program. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, idea. Let's put it that way. Question number seven. Gosh, this is all terrible scandals, isn't it? Question number seven. <laughs> the invasion of Granada... Or Paperboy. Granada. Yes, Granada 83, Paperboy 84. Doing quite well, actually, so far. Yeah, only because of the games. Yeah, because these games, <laughs> I these don't games remember are very... the politics, I remember what games. But you're having a guess, and you, you're guessing well so far. Mm. So um, that's what this game's about, really. Question number eight. Actually, this is a bit more positive. Okay. The Geneva Summit with Mikhail Gorbachev. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Tapper. What is Tapper? Root Beer Tapper, a.k.a. Tapper. Oh, okay, yeah. yes. All right. When you're actually filling up beers, it's like yeah. it's like a... The original game, you were straight up serving people booze. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah, Root Beer, you were then serving. Root Beer was this uh, like, yeah. I'm going to say uh, Tapper, actually. Tapper 83, Geneva Summit 85. So again, points yeah. to you. Okay, that's an early arcade game, I remember. Yeah, 83 is, uh, is very, very... I th- that's a game we should check out at some point if we can even do it. I haven't played that game mm. since I have become a retro gamer. Actually, we should probably find a way to play it. Um. Anyway, question number nine: Which came first, the signing of the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, aka the INF Treaty, with mm-hmm. Russia? Yep. Or Arkanoid? Uh, the treaty. No, actually, Arkanoid 86. Oh, wow. INF Treaty 87. But that's probably... I've said I a thought lot that of, was 85, actually. That's why I got that one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've said a lot of bad things about Ronnie's presidency, but the, the whole Russia thing was probably one of the better things. I'd say um, so, yeah. All right. And wrapping it up, question number 10, which came first, the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan's life. Yep. Or Qbert. Qbert came first. No, actually, the assassination attempt... 81, only 60-odd days after his president, ah, after his inauguration. Ah, really? It was that soon, yeah, was it? Wow. Cool. Someone they just, didn't just, waste time. 
They were like, I hate your movies. I'm gonna... <laughs> they, they didn't have time to judge his presidency. <laughs> they just... Cattle Queen of Montana? Yeah. Not, a, not a fan, people. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't laugh. The guy was a complete psycho. But um, yes, Cuba... Wh- 80- which one? Ronald Reagan or the other guy? <laughs> uh, look, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really thought I had that one in the bag. I thought I just thought that his assassination was later and that Cubert was earlier because mm. Cubert was an interesting experiment into isometric arcade gaming. Yeah, with different controls. Yes, and also he seems- diagonal controls rather than up down. It seemed like he was swearing as well, which is fun. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. All right, we'll tally up the scores, and it looks like AC has won the day with seven, seven points. Th- Three. So there you go. So you, your knowledge of Ronald Reagan's presidency, um, or at least video games from that era, <laughs> not too bad. Not too. Bad. Uh, so um, I was. It's interesting because his presidency spanned the entire eighties, eighty-one to eighty-nine, almost. Yeah. So pretty much. So like a lot of like the vast majority of the eighties was so under I'll, his. You know. I'll tell you something interesting about Ronald Reagan very mm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald Reagan was actually pretty switched on, but when. Uh, especially governors would come see him with complaints about what was going on, mm. even Republican ones, mm. when he would feign ignorance and just start talking about what was going on at the the um, the backlot sets of like Universal or right. MGM or whatever films he was working on. He'd go, well, uh, back then I was, uh, didn't didn't you know this? I was uh, I, I was actually the cattle queen of, of Montana and, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the director was actually very demanding on this and people would lose interest and leave. <laughs> and that was actually his like way of diffusing situations was talking about his movie career. <laughs> rather, yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> It's funny that he's more famous for the presidency, but during his presidency, he would refer back to his movie career a hell of a lot just to get people out of his office. <laughs> right. The equivalent of, of Grandpa Simpson telling stories. Basically, the onion on the belt, yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. President Ronnie. Love him or hate him. An important historical figure. As is Centipede, Gauntlet, <laughs> uh, Dig Dug, etc. And so, Hubert. Yeah, let's not forget Hubert. So, uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to the Game Life Balance Australia podcast, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can visit us on the web at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com, uh, and you can visit our sister show, mm-hmm. which are back, ready, and raring than ever. They've been putting out some great episodes recently, Yeah, because actually. they've been doing a lot of retro stuff, which is, they're doing every single game mm-hmm. of the uh, SNES, or SNES, uh-huh. mini yeah, and that's um yeah, it's very interesting to see them take a deep dive into retro game content uh, because it's sort of up our alley in a big way. And I've been quite enjoying hearing them talk about it. I actually really enjoyed John's solo podcast where he talked about the original Final Fantasy a lot. That was really interesting, yeah, actually. Yeah, it kind of threw, just took me back a bit because, you know, I'm a big RPG guy in general. Yeah. And it was interesting to sort of think about what it was like back in the day when things like having you know, multiple characters and you can select their classes was such a big deal. And we didn't have that. Like, we had the Master System and we had Fantasy Star. Yeah, which, look, I've tried to beat Fantasy Star recently, within recent memory. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember this. You uh, couldn't quite get there. And there are so many Sega references in there as well. It's it's, it's a hard slog. It's difficult to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So so give them a a bit of a listen. Yeah. Uh, I'm at ProdTally on Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. And the GLB Australia account mm-hmm. at GLB Australia has suddenly got a uh, an inf- 
infusion of energy. That's right. It's a like, new lease of life. It has. Uh, it's it's all games all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thank the person who has taken it's over. Our, that our intern uh, Chad, who's been helpful. I love Chad. He's he looks good. He looks good naked. Yep. I, I'm a big fan of Chad. Look, look, he's fresh out of college with a big head full of ideas. Yep. We're definitely going to exploit him and suck him dry. Oh yes, there's a lot of sucking dry of Chad. Naked. <laughs> no wait, damn it. <laughs> Of his life essence. No. No, I meant his uh, soul. No. That'll happen in my cult, but, you know, that happens anyway. Bodily fluids. (laughs) Thank you for that. So give us a positive rating on iTunes, uh, whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Yeah. (laughs) We're on a few right now, uh, and... Keep listening to us. We're going to be on the Gunner Geek Network very soon. We just need to straighten some details out. Yes, yes. Possibly our swearing, but probably not. We'll see. I will. <laughs> that may be the uh, the elephant in the room. Um, in in my business video. Fuck conference. that elephant is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, there'll be there'll be some business meetings coming up. Uh, All right. So uh, I guess with those business meetings and that fuckable elephant, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> Cheerio.